the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Fans, welcome back to the Working Fans Podcast. This week, we are talking the Royal Rumble 1992. But before we get started, we are brought to you, as always, by WrestleVille. Vinny Berry over at Russellville has two books, the newest one being the Pro Wrestling Vault Volume 1, available at WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. It's got 35 short stories from wrestlers across the U.S., NWA champions, NWA junior champions, tag champions, Hall of Famers, and as well as his first book, he also wrote Lance By Chance Wrestling's Yvonne Eric, over, available over at LanceByChance.com. And that was all a mouthful. We're going to bring in Dave, even though he's busy promoting this podcast. I am sharing the shit out of this motherfucker. <laughs> and Dave, this week we are talking the Royal Rumble 92. We've got the iconic poster here. And before we jump into talking about the show, do you have any thoughts before we dive into it about it? Yeah, well, one little fact, and if we don't get to it, I thought was pretty cool. Ric Flair, known as the, you know, he's the travel world champion, right? But he's the Crockett's he's the Carolina guy. Interesting to note. I found out just watching this two of Ric Flair's most famous matches. Terry Funk, I quit match. You know, I'm a big fan of Troy, New York. This match, one of his other great performances, Albany, New York. So it is kind of funny that the state of New York has two of his, I would consider two of his top performances of all time. Yeah. And when... I picked this because the 92 Rumble is big in everybody's minds. And I thought, I forgot, like, I've seen it over the years, and I just assumed the whole event was going to be good. 
-hmm. and this is really only a one match show. Yeah, I'd say for the most part, there was there was one other match I kind of liked, but yeah, we'll get to it. All right, so we'll start it off. If you're looking for this on Peacock, it's season five, episode one. It's from the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York. It starts with an intro video. I love that fucking intro video. I don't want to cut you off, but that Vince McMahon with a rumble. I wanted to get into talking about it because it's something that I don't feel they do nearly well enough anymore. And it's introducing the Royal Rumble, introducing the participants. That fucking music. Yep, we go right from this to Gorilla in the Brain starting to kind of preview the episode. And that this was hitting all the right spots as far as nostalgia for WWF. And it's everything I used to love about renting a WWF home video and being able to see this. And I mean, right off the bat, one, two, where you got this video package hyping everything, and then you got the host hyping everything. And they do it a lot about this. You'll have a match, and then you'll have video packages that hype the next match. Mm-hmm. You get that match, and then more video packages that hype the match after that. And I'm just wondering how, over the years, they almost seem to have lost this. Yeah, dude, I don't know. Because I definitely, like, yeah, the little things. Uh, we'll get to it later, too, like even before the Rumble, where we have a lot of participants get those little pre match interviews and like you said like you know like it was just a perfect hype formula i think god i don't know i guess when vince was really doing commentary and he had that open you know that first you know point of view where he's right there like people used to say it like it was kind of easy because you're working with the owner so you know what he wants to get across and that's not there anymore now now the first match on this show is ooh former guests of the show you bet your ass. one half of the orient express i hope to god he found his phone charger pat tanaka versus yeah. the new foundation of owen hart and jim neidhart and this was i thought a good way to kick off the show yes. they did announce during this match that janetti and brian Nobbs are out of the rumble yes. and nikolai volkov and haku are in now janetti is out of the rumble because he went through the barbershop window yes. And that's been brought up a lot this because it was right around this time. I forget how many years ago. Well, and what I liked about that, too, was Bobby Heenan even put over the substitutes talking about it adds a different dynamic with the size of the rumble, you know, with Haku and I'm forgetting Volkov, you know, being bigger guys, you know, more bigger guys being hard to eliminate. I thought that was a nice little touch. One other thing. This was the only other match. That I, like you said, there was some weird, we're going to get into it more matches. Interesting to note too, like they said, they kicked it off with a tag match. The year before, it was the Rockers versus the Orient Express. And that Orient Express was Pat Tanako and Sada. So, I think Sato was his name. Sato. Um, yeah. Whereas this one was Kato, which was Paul Diamond under a mask. And they were a bad company in AWA. But it was interesting to note, the Orient Express Two years in a row in this position at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, 100%. Now, after this match over, the new foundation goes over. Alfred Hayes goes over the money, Piper, Bret Hart situation, which then leads to Sean Mooney backstage with the Mountie and Jimmy Hart. Yes. And after that, Gene Okerlund backstage with Roddy Piper. So, you know, they're almost setting the table for the match in front of you. They're giving an interview with one of the participants, an interview with another one of the participants, 
And then the second match on the show, Roddy Piper versus the Mountie for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. This was such a big match because Piper is always known to be one of the greatest that didn't get a world title. But we actually saw him win a title here. And it was it was such a feel-good moment because the yeah. Mountie was so hated. He had that shock stick a lot around this time. Yeah. And yes. anybody that got like Jimmy Hart just yapping in your ear, it was I was so glad to see Piper win it. And I would argue this is not his best performance on the show. No, not at all. But this was a good moment too. I, I forgot about this before we went over, but I did it, it was some interesting stuff. I also some quotes here from Rowdy Piper that Gene interviewed that were kind of interesting. Melanie says he's going to take my manhood. And Rowdy looks at the camera. I don't know what you're come here to do, but I come here to fight. And <laughs> it was just a little bit of that homophobic type time, but it was interesting to see Rowdy with that trash talk. And then, oh yeah, Rowdy's I would like, argue they've maybe never gotten away from that to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> Rowdy also said something to Mountie about his, I, this guy says he has dreams, and I say they're all wet. <laughs> I did pick like up that. on that. Yeah, and it was interesting. This uh, 100. Uh, sorry, guys, my nose is killing me. But that 104 degree fever thing that they gave for Brett as an out was always kind of strange to me as a kid. Rather than doing like an injury angle or setting something up, I never quite got it because Brett was so light years better than Mounty in terms of booking and positioning. But it did he set up. He is this also nice- so concerned with how he looks on the card. I mean, I would argue maybe Jacques Rougeau would be as well. And yeah. maybe there's that Canadian rivalry between the Hart and the Rougeau families, even yeah. though they're in different provinces, because Rougeau obviously in Quebec with Bret Hart being out of Calgary. Right. But, I mean, it was a cool moment. It set up this cool moment with Rowdy Piper winning the title from Mountie, and it would set Bret up taking the title and pinning Rowdy Piper. And that was a rare pinfall loss for Piper, and that would happen later in the year at WrestleMania 8. But So this did set up a lot of stuff, and it was a really cool moment. Yeah, now following this match, we went backstage with Lord Alfred Hayes. He was with Hulk Hogan. And I didn't write it down, but I believe this was a Coliseum video exclusive. There were two of them on this show that ended up on the Peacock Network. And when they talked to Hogan, watching it back now, I didn't look at the poster when I was putting this up, but I forgot Hogan was in this. And that is something wild to think that Hulk Hogan was in a Royal Rumble that another person would take the championship in. And we will get to more of that when we get to the Rumble because there is other stuff to talk about. Like, Jesus Christ, Gene Okerlund was backstage with the Bushwhackers jameson i remember jameson vaguely i didn't realize he sucked this bad yeah he did what the fuck was up with this guy do you know who he is Uh, i looked it up something i could be wrong joe maybe domingo domingo he was apparently a comedian somewhere that vince saw and took a liking to and they offered him this gig okay because speaking of comedians he makes me think of the modern comedian neil hamburger a little bit but He's nowhere near as funny. Jameson fucking sucks. And yeah. that is really highlighted during the Beverly Brothers match with the Genius <laughs> versus the Bushwhackers with Jameson. Now, if I'm not mistaken, was Wayne Bloom one of the Beverly Brothers? Let Dave yes, talk here, folks. And yeah, that no, is Von Wagner's father, if I'm not father, mistaken, yeah. right? Wayne Bloom is the, he's not, he's the uh, more fit one he's not as thick he has a scar on his face too well the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because i could give a fuck about him and this match was good enough for what it was 
92, I would have loved this. Yeah. Two days no. ago, I did not enjoy this as much. Jameson's chewing on his tie. So hokey bullshit. Bobby Heenan has a couple funny lines there where he's just like, genius smacked him, and Bobby's like, that brave man, even touching that man. <laughs> you know, he's just little funny lines here like that. But Gorilla's trying to come to the aid of Jameson. I'm just like, Gorilla, don't. He's trash. <laughs> You're yeah, better. Bobby really. Heenan really put in work on this show, just going all out. Now, I'm amazed the Beverly Brothers won this match. That's about as much as we're going to talk about. Dude, that. I just want to say one more thing about this, actually. Oh, former wow. AWA, Dave's going in on Jameson. Oh, former AWA World Tag Team Champions, the Beverly Brothers were the destruction crew, taking on the former Mid-South UWF World Tag Team Champions, the Sheep Herders, only and a I, few years ago. I was thinking that watching this, how if you look at the Bushwhackers, they just look so goofy doing their thing in the ring. Yeah. But if you look at them... They are two solid-built guys, and if you're aware of the sheep herders' past, yeah, you realize how badasses these guys are. But that is not conveyed in this match. No, no. But following this match, Gene Okerlund is backstage with the Road Warriors, yes, setting up the WWF Tag Team Championship match between the Natural Disasters and the Legion of Doom. Now, Styles Clash here. I was excited for this match because. You got the ass kickers in the road warriors, yeah. and you've just got the two behemoths in the natural disasters. Yeah, I had remember this wrong because I remember the natural disasters being champions. I thought it happened here. When I saw the end, I was surprised, but it also made sense given a given a match for them because the natural disasters you you couldn't put them clean over the road warriors. Or I keep calling them the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom. Get your federations, right? Yeah, right, right, right. But it was still a hell of a match. I thought it was a good finish. And obviously, they would probably end up running this back eventually. Yeah, Road Warriors weren't too long for the company after this, I believe. I don't remember, but I don't even know if they made it to WrestleMania this year, WrestleMania 8. They might have already been gone, but it was shortly. Oh, they might have took time off because... They would come back for SummerSlam 92. That's when they found that, that stupid Ventuokas doll, Rocco. Oh. And yeah. So, and they weren't long for that company after that, though, because that's when Hawk showed up all fucked up, like on the motorcycle or something at SummerSlam 92 in Wembley. Yeah, they've yeah, gone in and out clash. of the company a couple times. Yeah, a bit of a styles clash here. You know, like, you're not going to throw the natural disasters around. Like, I mean, you can do some stuff with them, but... I mean, that's the cool part about the Road Warriors match is just all the power shit they get to do. And you've got very limited that here. So I, I thought it was a bit of disappointment, but I like you, I kind of understood the ending. ending. And back then, especially on pay-per-view, it was very rare WWF would do a count out. So it didn't bother me as much back then, but yeah. Yeah, almost Strange. the rare dusty finish because you saw how the natural disasters got the win. Everybody got excited. But being a wrestling fan, I'm like, ooh, that was a count out. I'm like... And then when I saw that, I'm like, wow, that's really smart because that gives them the win and it almost gives them an argument to go on to the next one, which after this match, Sean Mooney is backstage with Jimmy yes. Hart and the Natural Disasters. Jimmy's whining. The Natural Disasters are pissed off. I mean, following that, we go back out on the floor with Gorilla in the Brain. Yes. I did not take full notes for this, but I liked how, like, You'd go from like a backstage segment out to Gorilla right. in the Brain that would talk for a little bit about it. And then they'd go backstage again with Gene Okerlin and Roddy Piper. 
Roddy Piper on fire during this. Yeah, talking about he has a dream. And what I like, too, at the very end, I don't know if you picked up on this. He says something that's like, ha, I'm going to dedicate this one to Colt, which, of course, is his son, Colt Piper. So he kind of slipped that in by saying it fast. But I thought, that oh, was wow, I didn't notice that. Now, I was glued to Piper for this one for some reason. I picked up on all this shit. I was like, oh, Rowdy is gold here. Now, following this match, Sean Mooney was backstage with Sean Michaels. Yeah. Almost, I believe this is where they went over the barbershop window. Okay. Or they Actually, might have this. They at least talked to Sean Michaels. And you can see he's got the start of confidence working with him. Right. But he's not like the final form of Sean. No, not at all. And it's weird after so many years of seeing him on that top level to see him almost learning how to do that right now. I, I have in mind, like, we were this about the time where we started to go down. We started to get word from some of the participants in the Rumble. Yes, because after that was Alfred Hayes backstage with Ric Flair. Yes. Ric Flair doing as a Royal Rumble exclusive. I mean, Coliseum video exclusive because Rick actually reveals he got number three in this interview. Oh, that's right. He does. Because the whole broadcast, Bobby Heenan is so concerned with where Ric Flair is right. going to be. And he reveals he's number three. Now, following this, we have a set of Royal Rumble promos. Yes. May I? May I? Because I wrote it down. It wasn't actually the order. I want to read this in a specific way because I'd like the people to get this here. These were the people we heard from. Let's see who doesn't belong here. <laughs> we got former world champion Randy Savage, future world champion Psycho Sid, Davey Boy Smith, a legend, main event in Wembley Stadium, Jake the Snake Roberts, legend, Ric Flair and Perfect, legends, Undertaker, future legend, Hulk Hogan, Repo Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a weird like choice of people they brought out here. Yeah, (laughs) but it's cool. Like, I really like the fact that they did this. I like that we got words from everybody. It's just that everybody else kind of felt like a big deal. It could maybe win this, but Repo Man. And following that, the fifth match on the show, I like these old pay-per-views. This thing was, what, maybe two hours Two hours, I think, in 48 minutes. Yeah, but it didn't feel like it. Five no. matches. The Royal Rumble's the fifth match. Yes. I'm going to go over the first 10 entrants. Sure. We'll talk a little bit about the Rumble and then move on to the next 10. Yeah. I One love this three. beginning with this for record. I know we're going to talk about Davey Boy and like the Million Dollar Man. We're going to kick this off. And I just, I thought they were fantastic. Yep. We start off with the British Bulldog, Ted DiBiase. Ric Flair is third. Jerry Sags, fourth. Haku is fifth. Shawn Michaels, sixth. Tito Santana, seventh. Barbarian, eighth. Texas Tornado, ninth. Repo Man, tenth. That so, is not a bad list of names to start. No. No, when you're looking at guys like Kerry Von Eric, a former NWA heavyweight champion, I think he already had the Intercontinental title at this point one time in WF. He squares off with Flair almost immediately. Dude, everybody squared off with Flair a little bit here. Like at some point, if you're coming down, everybody made sure they got to work with Ric Flair a little bit. It was almost like all these WF guys were like, oh shit, we got to work with Rick. Yeah, and I'm going to bring up the next 10 because while it was huge when the tornado tangled with him, like 11th was Greg Valentine. They yes. had a chop off. 12th was Nikolai Volkov. Third was the big boss man. 14th, Hercules. 15th, Roddy Piper. Yes. And I thought when Piper and Flair touched in the ring, they went off. Gold. 16th uh, was Jake Roberts, 17th, Hack Jim Duggan, 18th, IRS, 19th, Jimmy Snuka, 
20th Undertaker. Tell us what you thought about Piper and Flair in the Rumble. All right, Piper and Flair was gold. Even before that, a couple of funny little notes here. Greg Valentine hooked the figure four on Ric Flair at one point here. A couple Carolina boys going at it. Ric Flair also is going to hook the figure four on somebody else at one point in this match, too. This might be a record for most figure fours ever put on in a Royal Rumble. Definitely. Well, Boss man looked great here as well. He was getting a huge reaction. And then Flair had got rid of him. And yes, the bell sounds and Rowdy Piper comes down. And it's just Flair and Piper. And this crowd's electric because Rowdy was so protected and was so over that you knew he was probably not going to win the Rumble, but you knew there was, you felt like there was a chance. And you also felt like Rick would win. So this was just, this was just special because it was really cool to see these two guys who could win the world title at this time in the ring. And one of them wasn't Hulk Hogan. That's amazing for this time period. Yeah. 100%. Now the last 10 that entered this rumble, Randy Savage, Berserker, Virgil, Rick, the model Martel 26th was Hogan. 27th was Skinner. 28th was Sergeant Slaughter. 29th Sid justice. 30th was the warlord. Yeah. Seeing Hogan get in there and square off with Flair, it wasn't wild in-ring action, but you knew it was a historical moment. Yeah. And also the very- 92 Rumble, it was really highlighted by the Royal Rumble. Like the show overall was good, but this is a classic Rumble. Yeah, this was pretty crazy some um interesting stuff here. Like Sardin Slaughter the year before had won the WWF world title from Ultimate Warrior and would headline WrestleMania 7. Here he was back as a babyface this year, but he felt like an afterthought. Like, it wasn't a huge pop for him. He just didn't seem like... It felt like his run was over there. Yeah, it's like he had that star power shine, and he still came in major. He hadn't completely passed it by. Right. But you knew that, like... To me, it felt like if you were to make him the champion, that would have felt like a year too late. Or, like... Too late in his run. Flair, even though he was older, just felt like the perfect choice. Yeah. No, no doubt. Flair was the perfect choice here. He put on the performance, too. Like, this is one of Flair's best performance. He's coming in at number three, and he's fighting with everybody in this ring. It's nonstop. He sets the record for the longest time in there at the time. He wins the title. Some other funny interactions, I have to say. Sid, he does this throughout his career sometimes, too. And people like it. He doesn't really get called out on it. It is kind of cool, but it's also kind of weird. Like, he's getting a baby face response. And Hogan, this was poorly booked. Like, Hogan did sneak up and try to actually get him out in the ring. But we want WWF's plan here was to have Sid the heel and Hogan the baby face. But not only do they execute this poorly, Sid feeds into the crowd. The crowd chants Sid. And Sid's like, yeah. And here's Hogan like, boo. And I'm like, this does not seem like what you're supposed to do in this role. Supposed to not draw attention to that. But they did. And I thought it was pretty cool. But maybe the only thing I could think of is maybe Sid just was fed up with Hogan being in that top yeah. spot. And it's like, if you can get that cheer, why not go for it? Yeah. That almost feels like that would be the response. Yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, too, I mean. This crowd, I think they wanted a Sid or a Flair or a Piper to win this thing. Um, Hogan had his fans, but he was—he definitely had people. He was starting to get what we would know years later as the John Cena, the Cody Rhodes treatment. He was starting to get that, like, we're tired of getting you shoved down our throats. Yep. Now, to finish this up, Mean Gene is backstage with Jack Tony presenting out. the title to Ric Flair. 
And with a tear in his eye, he accepted the world championship. Classic promo. Dave, now that we are finished up talking about the Rumble, is there a particular favorite moment of yours on this show? Oh, man. This whole Royal Rumble match itself is just too good. I was just, I don't know. I love Flair and Davey Boy doing the classic Almost like Flair Luger, typical big man spots where Davey's pressing him over his head. I thought it was a great performance by the Bulldog. He's underrated in this. Um, Flair and Kerry Von Eric, like you said, that just felt special to me. Flair if you watch this match, every five minutes, Flair is on the verge of getting dumped out. Yeah. And I mean, he is upside down in the ropes. We have a couple Flair flops. Yeah. He, to me, this is still one of my favorite rumbles of all time. Maybe the best one. It's up there. Still holds up. We just saw it. It's Flair's greatest. One of his greatest. One of. This is the guy who wrestled Steamboat the Classics. I'm not going to lose my head here. But this is one of the greatest performances Rick's ever had. And then he follows it up with that fantastic interview. That interview, the rumble, those are my two favorite moments. I was going to say... Pretty much the same thing for me. I like the whole Rumble performance, but that post-match interview where it feels like Flair really got to be himself in the WWF was amazing. Yeah. And guys, we just wanted to let you know I'm stepping in this week because our own AJ Strange Brew is under the Um, weather. We got, what is it? It's now one half the Working Fans podcast has caught the COVID. Me and Dave still going strong. We're going strong, baby. (laughs) I got something hopefully AJ will be well enough to be back next week, unless he's got that 80% blockage we're all worried about. But if not, we will see you next week and have a good one. Doing this one for Colt. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the working fans podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at fans working. Our Facebook page is working fans wrestling pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think. Also that's working fans wrestling pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram working fans wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.